Hey, Kat, you ready to chat? Laura, are you talking about a church boy chat? Mm, amen. And welcome back to another episode of Church Boy Chat with Laura and Kat. Listeners, <laughs> can you guess the sound? What was that noise? It was the noise of the best host, our friend Caleb, we have many times said, mm-hmm. is the best host whenever we go over to his house. Yep. This man brought us wine and chocolate. I mean, already above the rest of our guests. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love all of our guests, <laughs> but this is the first time we've received wine and chocolate as a part yeah. of our taping. Can you please describe the chocolates you brought us? All right. Well, these were actually a gift from our dear friend, Alicia. I don't know if you've talked about her on the show. Really close friend of ours, but um, I have a, a nice artisan chocolate store back home in Dallas. I usually pick up chocolates from and I've run dry from quarantine. So so she went and picked a few up when she went back home to the Midwest. And so we have some uh, we have uh, a raspberry chocolate as well as a banana and peanut butter chocolate. That one is and yeah, it's my favorite as well as a coconut chocolate. Mm. So it is great. Yeah, it is great. And we also have some wine too. I have no idea. I have no knowledge of wine, but it's, lovely. it's a red. It has, yeah, it has a nice uh, swirl. It's a nice <laughs> swirl. Yeah. For the record, we don't deep notes, deep berry notes, notes deep yeah. berry notes. Um, has some legs on it. Look at that. It does. For the record, we we don't usually drink when we no. podcast, dear listeners. No. But we're not against a nice little glass of red. Cheers. Cheers. Everybody's going to be like, all right, I'm done with this now. Can we get on? <laughs> That's just about the talk. We just cheers. <laughs> Every time we're like, cheers to that. By the time we're just inaudible. <laughs> just kidding. Don't get drunk. <laughs> Caleb, could you start us off by getting giving us a little bit of background of where you'll be coming from with your perspective on church dating? Oh, wow. Okie dokie. Well, again, my name is Caleb. I am an Aquarius. I have no idea what that means, but I know some people think that's important in dating. Um, (laughs) Okay, there we go. Okay. Um, So I grew up in a very small town right outside of Dallas, Texas, and my church was my school growing up. So I lived very much in a bubble. Wait, how old did you go with your school attached to your church? Because I was the same way. How old? As yeah, in... like how many years did it cover? Oh, yeah. So I was one of the six people that stayed there from kindergarten all the way up to high school uh, till I graduated. Nice. Wow. Year, so uh, the school opened around when I started school. They they combined it together. Ooh. And so, so I was one of the six cl- of my class that was there from day one wow. to graduation. Yep. That's crazy. A lot so of educa- Christian education. Christian education, yeah. yeah. It was really it was really good. It was a college prep school as well. Actually at my graduation ceremony, my of all people, my parents, my grandfather asked me to put my K five or kindergarten graduation robe under my actual robe. So I wore That's that. I, I did a I did a prank at my graduation. I actually wore that on stage when I accepted my diploma. So that's cool. Um, So yeah, that was that. I I had kind of a hard time in high school because I was very much of well, I guess I was just different than everybody else. I was the person that was doing theater and started getting into dance, and I wanted to look into acting and film and stage theater when I went to college. 
And so someone from that taste, and I only had a graduating class of 35 people. Oh, wow, that's so, small. Yeah, so that's that's saying, smaller like, than mine. Exactly. It's like I've, everyone I know, I've always had the smallest graduating class. And so, wow. You win. Yeah. You <laughs> so I had, was it, seven guys in our class, I think, that graduated. Wow, and how many so, girls when we're talking about dating here? Well, I, it was probably 20, you know, whatever, what's the minus? It's pretty good minus show for you, Caleb. It was, but the problem, the problem that I faced a lot was uh, we had one huge click. Mm. in our class and I was not part of that clique. Right. And so when dating came into my life, uh, the the I guess the the idol of dating or having having somebody there to mm-hmm. be a partner mm-hmm. was there at my school, right. ironically from like grade school. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, yeah, I always want to have like a boyfriend or girlfriend." I had no idea what that meant, but it's like always wanting that companionship. And so that was what that's what was prioritized at least in my mind or it, it was it was very much yeah i mean it, it was it um, there was a there was a a, a a big factor to that and so uh when it gets into high school junior high and high school i never dated i never dated once i mean i've always kind of like wanted to there was a girl i had a crush on for quite a few years and and this is where it gets to, like cringy, Caleb, because I don't know how to t- handle my thoughts and everything. We so. all have our cringy periods <laughs> when we look back. Say, mine lasted a very long time. <laughs> yeah, well, my, yeah, it's like mine. Like it was, it was a time when I got into colleges. That's where I feel like I should have, like my mentality of dating colleges, what I thought I should have been like in high school to make myself more prepared when I, you know, move out of the house. So that was that was different. Um, I. As soon as I graduated, I, I dealt a lot with my grade and struggled a lot with depression and, and just wanted to move out of town. I wanted to get away. And so I actually ended up coming to California for college. Mm-hmm. And uh, college was a great experience at first. Um, I went to a private Christian college um, in Riverside, California. And, and it was kind of like a, a, a start fresh for me. And I was mm-hmm. studying theater there. And uh, ironically, at our at our college, <laughs> it's uh, I think it's – I think – of all the Christian colleges in the United States, they, I, I can't remember the exact title of it, but apparently they did the most to get people married, uh, or the most <laughs> activities. So every, so the first first month of school or college, we have what is called Twerp Week, which is the woman is required to pay week. And so the campus sponsors events they very, they like, you know, one day it was like six flags tickets are like 10 bucks or 15 bucks. And so you buy one for you and one for a friend and it's more of a social thing. But again, it's like they have that, like they're announcing it and promoting it during orientation. Mm-hmm. And so me, it was like, Oh, I'm going to meet all these new friends. And I just went all out. I was outgoing. Like it was like an awesome first month. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those times where everyone knew me and I didn't know them because I was just well known around the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as that kind of went on, like I was, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna try to get all all these twerp dates all settled down. And I wasn't like girl crazy, but I just wanted to meet people. But right. later on, being in that bubble, it, it kind of came across like, yeah, it's like I, it, there was kind of rumors going around that I was kind of like girl crazy, and it really upset me. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to some of the guys in my dorm about it, and they were like, oh no, I think you just have guts going out there and making yourself known and everything, and just making friends with people, but. It was always a weird balance. It was like, oh, if I kind of go out of my space to kind of meet people and make friends, not necessarily date, but then it comes across that I'm desperate. And so I never knew like a good balance. And again, like my parents technically didn't let me date. I mean, there was nothing no one I was going to date, but they told me it's like, yeah, we're not going to date in high school. So I had no dating experience whatsoever. Same thing at college. And then like my first month, it's having a great time. And it's like, oh, well, you know, 
I'm, I'm coming across as someone who is who's desperate for for a woman and not necessarily and so uh, it's, I think it's hard when you grow up Christian and it's not talked about dating a lot sometimes mm-hmm. in those um, communities <clears throat> where church is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not talked a lot about it. And a lot of our guests have, you know, maybe like walked away from their faith or didn't grow up Christian and then became Christian. So they have that perspective. But it's interesting to hear your perspective because mm-hmm. you grew up Christian and have pretty much just been dating within that sphere this whole time. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting the fact that it there was like in grade school and high school, it was just like no dating, but then you get into college and then suddenly your college kind of has a hand in dating with, mm-hmm. that's, that's such a shock, I think. Cause it'd be like, I don't know, I guess I'm just going to follow these rules or these guidelines or what they're putting in front of me. Mm-hmm. And it was even so like with, uh, with high school, there was a lot of dating going on. It just, I wasn't dating. I didn't ever have the opportunity to. And, and the problem I also have in, like I had my cousins kind of go through this when they were in grade school and they're about to graduate. But you know, it's like if you don't have a girlfriend, you know, they, they say, well, what's wrong with you? Are you mm-hmm. or do you like do you like men? You know, yeah. it's like it's it's a criticism for not dating. Mm-hmm. And so so that was hard for me. Um, so when I was like and I have the freedom, I have no one telling me who I shouldn't or should date. So I kind of have a freedom to explore myself and find myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, you know, you know, something's good happen, something's bad happen. And um, and I like to say that theater um, was used in my time to bridge a gap between my upbringing and me finally moving out to Los Angeles and living in this this secular realm. Or what I like to call I, I use this term because I heard it in, in an Uber car when I was riding one time with a, someone who was a passenger who was drunk to me. He's like, "Oh, this this city of sin and debauchery," because there's just so much that there's that's, it's, that LA is a very sinful or you know God's not present in this state. And so I think if I moved straight out to Los Angeles. It would, have been, it would have been overwhelming, but theater was a way for me to kind of bran- uh, branch out for myself, kind of experiment and, and, and kind of find out what I'm comfortable with and be able to, to release anger or release sadness in a healthy environment um, through acting, um, especially when I'm doing a scene with a, a scene partner. One of the funny things I say is that it was dating 101 for me because I'm doing like, you know, a scene when it's a couple sitting on a bench and my theater director is like, Caleb, put your arm over the woman. <laughs> and it's like, scoot in. And it's like, so I, I was like, I have my arm over her. I was like, yeah, but you have to like lean into her. And so it's like, I never knew, I never knew physical touch around mm-hmm. women too, or just even with men. And so uh, one thing I'm going to talk about, I haven't talked to a lot, um, to a lot of people about it, but um, I had a friend's my freshman year in college who, um, and again, in this Christian environment, Christian bubble, that befriended me and realized that he was he was not only interested in the friendship and it turned into a very abusive friendship mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of bad things happens and, and you know, uh, if you want to include this in it, but like groping that wasn't wanted and mm-hmm. stuff and it really it really took me off guard and I was very confused about what was happening in that moment. And I finally had to kind of branch away from that and move out of the apartment that I was living with him. And it got to a point where he was going to try to spread rumors about me or try to turn people against me so his secret doesn't get out. And so it really messed me up mentally and pretty much ruined my college experience. I mean, I still graduated on time. I thought about dropping out, but just because that depression came back that I was dealing with and wonder what other people were saying and of course me not dating 
in 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 college is like are are women seeing me as gay or something else because I was I would say I'm a little bit more feminine than a, a traditional masculine guy or and I'm in theater and so I'm not I'm not good at giving a good first impression in my mind and then I had to go through this and so I questioned myself a lot and and I really had a, had a lot of trouble especially with physical touch around people for especially around guys as well as girls and because I never wanted to give too much and that's why that love language in me hasn't really sparked up until like recently because I'm very if I'm just friends with somebody I do not do any sort of physical touch whatsoever even as I always even caution myself if I meet somebody about even giving a hug you're like I love COVID-19 <clears throat> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> social distancing always <laughs> um but um but I graduated and and I tried dating in college it never worked out. I mean, there were people that I would go on a coffee date every now and then, and and I'd always have to ask because it was multiple times where I'd tell somebody how I'd feel, and they didn't feel the same way. And I just didn't know dating. I didn't know dating, and so and there was one girl that you know we went on a few dates, and I just finally asked. I was like, you know, I was like, I like you, and I just kind of want to see where this goes, and would like to take you out sometime, even though we've mm-hmm. gone out on like three friend dates yeah. in my mind to coffee he's like oh i just assumed that and i'm like oh and it's just very confusing it's back and, and i and that's when i learned it depends on the individual it's not always it's not you're gonna read in the textbook on how to win a girl's heart or how to right. you know how to get you to kiss you in under mm-hmm. three dates type thing right. and so but every every time it was always yeah it's kind of going somewhere and i was always like oh it's god's telling me i shouldn't date you or i still have thoughts on a previous boyfriend and so i just never knew it was always, always like some hope was like finally something's working out and then just completely shot down. Mm-hmm. So what it sounds like to me is that you had not great experiences of just knowing what dating was supposed to look for you. Mm-hmm. And then as much as you're comfortable speaking to um, recently, like having like a relationship, don't have to at all. Um, but I am curious about how you feel about like church dating now, having like dated someone who's a Christian. Yes. Um, in my experience in college, that was the time I really turned away from the church. Mm. Not necessarily God, but I just, uh, because of the experience that happened with my uh, my my friend, I guess I'm in quotes friends, um, as well as some other theo- theo- theological differences and other things that I'm not, it's not relevant to this podcast, um, but issues I had with my college and the upperclassmen and, and the debates, the religious debates on campus. Mm. I was also very confused religiously. And decided, like, you know what? We're all supposed to be on the same side and everyone's arguing with each other. Right. And I'm just going to come out and I'm going to be open. It's like, I just kind of hate Christians. And I'm going to tell my close friends about this. Like, I just, mm-hmm. there's so much division. It's kind of like how, what we see with politics now. It's just like, everything's just, everyone's just arguing all the time. And so I just want to turn away from it completely. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until I moved out to LA that I was going to start getting on online dating. Because I needed to make friends. And so I signed up for Tinder and, and then I did Bumble and and had a hard time doing those as well. I don't know how to communicate with people online. Or, or the same thing with me is, you know, it's a lot of trial and error. Um, but also, I think with me is I like meeting people, actually meeting people, not talking online. Because you can talk whatever. And, yeah. and so that's also a downfall of me. And that's why I, I never recommend online dating because it's all about image. It's all about who you're swapping right or left to. It's all about physical appearance first instead of getting to know somebody on a personal basis, like a friend first. And so... Uh, I started dating recently, uh, these past few years, and I feel like my standards completely lowered. 
because um, I just didn't have any standards because I was like, oh, maybe I just have too, too many standards to have for me to date somebody. And so um, it wasn't until probably like a few, like two, two, three years ago where I said, you know what, I'm going to sign off on, like, on online dating completely. Uh, I'm only going to date somebody if they're a Christian. They can like the same music as me. They can like the same movies as me. They can be the dream person in the world. But, but one thing that I was very scared about, especially in Los Angeles, is that dating somebody who was not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And especially me from my upbringing and not really having that physical interaction with people and, of course, being a virgin and so forth, I was very nervous about dating somebody with an L.A. mindset, especially with a casual Christian with a very secular yeah. mindset. Um, and so, uh, so that, that was my that was my mm-hmm. trouble that I had. Um, but, yeah, I was able uh, – I, I – I started dating somebody last year and it was actually my first relationship and, uh, with Christian dating, I guess the question, what was the question again? I love what you're saying, Caleb. And we also know the person that, um, Mm -hmm. Caleb used to date and she's wonderful. I think Mm -hmm. we can all agree. Just amazing. So, um, not necessarily applying it to her, but just being in a church where people are dating and you see that happening. Um, what's your take on like, church dating, if you will. Sure. Um, one thing that came up last fall, I think it was, is somebody was mentioning, I was like, oh, you know, just the, 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 the dating pool is not really that great. You know, who's this no, 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 wait, was it a guy who said this or a girl who said this? Well, yeah, it's going to say the guy, the guy dating pool is not great. So and that's what I thought. I was like, there's some great. And this is when I started seeing, uh, seeing the, um, person I, um, uh, I dated last year. I was like, I started seeing her and, and you get to a point where in, in the church is that you look around it's like, ah, oh, and I, I'm in this as well as like previous churches I went to. It's like, oh, you know, the dating pool. It's like, you know, there's not many girls my age here. And, and then you start looking. That was my problem was trying to go back to church because this is the first, I've only started going back to church, I guess, for two years now. Mm-hmm. My thing was I, I knew there was a monthly Bible study group I've been going to for the past five years now in LA. But I need. I knew I needed more than something that just once a week, mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, once a, it was a once a month thing. So I wanted something at least once a week and to be a part of a small group and start creating a friend social circle. And one thing that was in my mind was like, oh well, who am I going to meet that's going to be the same mindset as me? Do they have like a young adult group and people my age? And that became a priority in me searching for church. And I realized like that's not what church should be. Right. And ironically, the first time I went to our church. I was like, there's not, there's not any, there's not any young adults here. I went to the <laughs> earlier service. I was like, there's not really any like people in their twenties and thirties here. It seems like there's like married people in their thirties, but not like single people in mm-hmm. my, my age. Uh, yeah. the music's kind like, I was very critical and I realized like, and I asked myself that, that week, I was like, what is, what was wrong that you witnessed today? Mm-hmm. I said, technically there was nothing wrong. It was just me being too judgmental. Same thing. I went to one of our friends, small groups, Amanda, and it was the only week that nobody talked in their small group. So I was the only one. It was my first time, and I was just kind of answering whatever they gave. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, there's like no one's speaking. This is kind of <laughs> awkward. And I'm like, and I'm like the new guy here. Turns out it was just like, it was just an off week, but it's because I finally made that commitment saying, no, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to dedicate my time to getting to know people, even if I feel uncomfortable. All of a sudden, when I had that mindset, I was like, oh, everything's working out. There's a huge young adult group yeah. here. There's all like industry people here. There's a great church. And so, um, but yeah, you get kind of comfortable living in that group, and uh, I feel like there's a lot of missed opportunity in the church mm-hmm. as well. Um, there's a church I still listen to a podcast um, uh, back in Riverside that I went to when I was in college, 
And then he really talked about, it, like, you know, if you're looking to date somebody, it's like, ask your friends. Yeah. Like, you always want to do online dating or, or go on your own instinct, but it's like, friends and family know best. They know you best and they know the other person best. So if they pair you with somebody, you should at least try, at least consider that. that you that... into the choir, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Matchmaker. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. the point of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, but you have that. And then same thing with, um, with I've started seeing this with church. I've been through a lot of changes this year. Uh, for example, you know, I went through my first breakup this year mm-hmm. and two days afterwards I lost my job that I've had for four years. Time. So it's, so it's been, I've, I've been at my worst this year. I've talked about it. Just, I feel like I've, you know, uh, yeah, I've, I'm, 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 I'm at my lowest point <laughs> in I life right now. Such a beautiful thing is how God needs us at our lowest point. Mm-hmm. Like how we had some really cool theological discussions yeah. at your house and how, um, it's been neat to see how open you are about what this point in your life where so many people can relate during COVID-19 to Mm -hmm. being furloughed and to having hard times and just your willingness to share that and be vulnerable in that I think is beautiful because it helps other people going through that. It's a very common thing. It's hard to be vulnerable, but you're doing it and you're going to gain so much wisdom from all of that and then help people in the future. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and this is a lot of, I've, I've been seeing a lot of counsel this past week, but like one thing that came up was mm-hmm. my priorities. I started going to our church uh-huh. um, because I wanted to build a strong foundation for my political, social, life, worldviews. I wanted to build it back up instead of listening to what everyone else said. I want to figure out what the Bible says, what it's preached. And that's where I've kind of gone with dating as well. And I have not done my homework as much as I feel like I should have done since then. But uh, one thing that I've, I realized is that once I, I, I very much had my foundation, yeah, it was a great, it was, I, I think of it like a, you know, it's all about building it on sand. It's mm-hmm. not stable ground. You want to do it on firm ground. I was like, yeah, I feel like I had a firm ground, yeah. but since I'm talking to people with the Midwest, uh, <laughs> I, it's like, it's like a mobile home. I think mm-hmm. it is. So it's like, Oh, it's a great location. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> References because of the mobile home part. I'm, I'm referencing, referencing myself too. Not that y'all live in a mobile home. But I'm saying, you know, look, you'll see where I'm going through. Okay. So yeah, when, so, so this sure is a nice it, house. Cause it's not on wheels. We're in right now. Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> this is where I'm going through. I may, I may, I may have, I, I don't want to give away the analogy yet, but it's like, you know, it's like I felt like my my uh, my foundation was on a mobile home. It was a great mm. piece of firm land, right. but it was up on some pegs. And so when mm. you have a tornado come through. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying, like the Midwest yeah, with tornadoes. Yeah. Oh, okay. The house that I have there, yeah, yeah. It's not that, yeah. But it's like when a, if a tornado comes through, the, the, the ground may seem stable, but really it's not necessarily connected. And so we the home. Yes, I have a fear of them and oh gosh uh, yeah I have a phobia of, of, of tornadoes <laughs> but like I feel that's what happened this pre- this this past spring as I realized those those blocks or pegs or whatever that was keeping myself on the firm ground I was not putting God on that I was I was putting it into my relationship um, as well as my work and I've dealt with this before with work, but like when work becomes part of your identity, same thing with a relationship, which is hard. Cause I feel like when you become a couple, like that's kind of like my identity. I want to share with the world about us yeah. and working towards marriage. But when that collapses, when you have days apart from each other, uh, um, getting, uh, going through a breakup and going through a termination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not returning to either one of those, yeah. even though how much I like to, I can't return to either one. Mm. And so I look back and say, 
then what's my life? And I think my life is pointless, meaningless. I'm like, why? I live in a great house, I have great friends, but it's because my foundation from these pa- this past year, that was the root of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was, but it turned out that was the root. I hear that, Caleb. Mm-hmm. That is such an easy trap. I think yeah. for everyone, but I definitely identify with having to be very conscious about mm-hmm. not putting my identity in success, which relates to career, mm-hmm. or relationship. Because those two things are so easy, and that's what oh, the world yeah. constantly tells us, that yeah. those are what make you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm still struggling with right now finding that balance uh, one of my roommates has been a great he's been on the podcast jonas he's oh, been a great he, he's been a great guy and or all my roommates as well but he's particularly i've been reaching out to him and mm-hmm. he's kind of been mentoring me these past few months mm-hmm. and because he's you know he's been through breakups before he's been through financial troubles and mm-hmm. and so just give me wisdom on, on where my priority is and, yeah. and he'll tell him how it is and my priority was not where it should be and it's still not where it should be. And so it's me right now is how am I going to change for the future? Right. You are in the middle of a growth period yeah. and it's very uncomfortable and it's stretching mm-hmm. you and putting yep. pressure on you. Yep. But beautiful things are going to come out of that. See, you're already realizing, you're already learning. And that whole idea of when you were at your peak, you had mentioned earlier when we were talking, Caleb, that last year was kind of this like really high point for you with your career, with your relationship. But the fact that during that time, from what you're saying, your foundation wasn't in Christ. Now flipping it where you're like learning to re-put your foundation, your identity in Christ, from the world's eyes, they might be like, oh, he's in a worse spot from what you were saying. But actually you're in so much stronger of a spot mm-hmm. because everything grows from that. So that's really cool to hear. And that's the problem. Like I've, I've, I've had kind of depression enter back into my life. Mm-hmm. And so, and the thing is like, I technically know that, but I don't feel that way. I know that this is, um, having this breakup, no matter how much I wanted to spend the rest of my life with this person, I thought it was going to work. I mean, there were some signs that, um, and not bad signs, just signs about career and where to live and family values. Um, and there weren't bad family values, it's just it's not what I was particularly looking for and realized that I needed this breakup to happen. To, and I'm hoping, you know, I feel like I have so much doubt right now, but hoping that it leads to something better. Mm-hmm. Same thing with work. You know, it, there was no room for me to grow. Technically, in my work, there was no promotion coming. And so I needed to have that serve, uh, uh, like cut to order for something else to happen later on. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard when like the, the, the week that it happens, your, yeah. your parents are telling you, it's like, just the best thing that's happened to you. You know, <laughs> now you can, now you can, you're, you know, you're going to, you're going to, God's going to bring somebody else into your life. You're going to find a better job. I'm like, I'm just trying to grieve right now. I had a, that was right. other thing. just having like some arguments with parents that's past spring mm-hmm. when all this was happening and just going through a grieving process. Yeah. Well, the grieving well, process is hard. Yeah. And when you're grieving, it's hard. It's, you can hear that, but it's, it's different when it's it's literally just falling on deaf ears because you are grieving. And sometimes you just need to be told, it's okay to grieve. Right. It's okay to cry. It's okay to mourn this. but And let that process happen, but then let that pass and then move on from it. So I feel like you have moved on from it. I feel like you've grown. I feel like we've seen you grow. Totally. You're doing a great job. I've grown a bit. I feel like I'm a lot I of feel like you're back. growing. <laughs> Thank you. Caleb keeps our little quarantine crew going. Yeah. He really does. He is just such a connector mm-hmm. and just really cares for people yeah. well. We're so He's grateful the glue. to have him. I have a question for you. Okie dokie. We love asking people, what is one thing that you think single, like us, like unmarried single women should know? Like, we've gotten such great responses mm-hmm. to this from like, 
that we always travel in packs and are hard to approach <laughs> or that we can approach men. Like it doesn't have to be always vice versa. That was Jonas's tidbit. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that you think single unmarried women like us should know, like as far as church dating, and then if there's anything you want to ask us that you've always been wondering that as well. Ooh, one, one, maybe one question I have first, unless maybe I can, Please. I can share something, but one thing that I've been struggling with recently is I guess the gender roles in the church. And so, uh, throughout my, my previous relationship, I kind of had this idea and what I kind of take into dating is like, I want to find a life partner. I, that's why I love, you know, depending on what you believe, what you know, what your standards are. But one thing I have taken from the LGBTQ community that I actually admire is they talk about a life partner. And I want that for myself. Right. As in, I want to find somebody, not just like, oh, I just have a wife. I, I want someone who I journey through life with. Um, someone who will be my life partner. So that's why I said like, oh, this is, I want to have that when I'm married. I was like, this is my, I was like, this is my life partner. I think it's great. Um, and so with that, I, I've i always kind of viewed dating or what I envision dating to be is kind of sharing everything equally. It's like, because uh, I've heard, I've been through so many political and social backgrounds. I mean, you can't get any diverse in Texas and California, mm-hmm. especially Texas and Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the point of having like, the, the 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 husband as like the leader of the household. He should be the financial provider, and he should be on the higher spiritual level than mm-hmm. than his kids or his wife. Like he should be the spiritual leader. And again, this also happens because of where I've been putting my priorities in life. Is like I do not think I am a good spiritual leader at the moment. I know in my relationship I was not the spiritual leader that my girlfriend needed, and I somewhat viewed us on the same spiritual platform. That's also a reason why I went off of online dating because I wanted to find someone who had the same spiritual level. I think that is very important. Mm. Um, but I wanted to ask you about how you see the gender roles within dating. Mm-hmm. If you see, is it more of equal as having the husband and wife sharing the workload, sharing the spiritual leadership in the household, mm-hmm. being there for each other and leading each other, or if it's more up because again from what I've heard about growing up is it more on the men's side to have that spiritual and um, responsibility and that financial responsibility good question Kayla I know I love it I love it um yes I would love to start okay number one I think a human is going to fail and that man is going to stumble and the woman will stumble and so they both are there to help each other. It's just different roles because we have different attributes that God has gifted us. And so, whereas I think, personally, I think men and women can both be leaders, but um, they do have different characteristics and they can lead in certain ways. And so I think that there is more of an equality in that than there is in a, um, a th- like, I'm I'm just being led by my husband and whatever he says goes. Right. It's not it's not that to me. It is I listen to my husband if I agree with him and I think that he is in line with God, then I follow Christ in this. But if he's not, then I'm going to come and I'm gonna confront him and be like, Honey, honey, that's not that's not I don't agree with this and I don't think this is in line with what Christ has intended for us. Right. I think Laura had so many good points in there. Wow, I don't even know where to start to be like, I agree with this, this, and this. <laughs> so many things I agree with that, now, Laura, where I think there are different roles because of the different attributes. Mm-hmm. I like how you said that a lot. I do think there's 
scripture that supports the man like being the spiritual leader in that way. But I think Laura had a really good point of any relationship, you're checking each other and that Christ should, it's kind of like where the Pharisees were trying to corner Jesus on like a legalistic area of the law and then mm-hmm. talking about like taxes and he's like, give to Caesar what is Caesar and to God what is God's. And I kind of think of it in that way as like, God should always church, should always trump state. Mm-hmm. So like you obey the laws of the land unless they're going against God's laws. Um, in the sense of like, yeah. if the laws of the land were to kill someone, you'd be like, thou shalt not murder. No, <laughs> obviously extreme. Um, so I think of it in the same way. I really like that example of it's like, if your husband is, you know, leading in spiritual areas that are in line with Christ, that's great. But I think there, there is that respect for each other of, you know, always keeping Christ first. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part. But yeah. as far as traditional roles, I like how Laura spoke to that, where we have different attributes, we have different roles. I think you can both lead in different ways, mm-hmm. but I think in any partnership, there's always one person leading in a certain way, mm-hmm. and that's how I would apply it to the it. the mm-hmm. husband and wife. But I do think it's important to have these conversations yeah. um, to make yeah. sure you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. And like the husband shouldn't be like blindly leading or have that pressure to blindly lead. And just the the female just like twiddling her thumbs and then like when something goes wrong be like how dare you you know that's not that's not fair you're in this together it is a marriage and i'm still and i'm still figuring it out that's the thing it's like yeah it took me i'm I'm, i was it was yeah 26 yeah this is the first year i forget my age i'm 27 now it was 26 last year when i had my first relationship i dated i would say i dated for a few months prior to then Mm -hmm. with other uh, other women but it was still one of those, like, where is this going? Right. Are we, like, going to be boyfriend and girlfriend? Where is that? And it's all, it was always kind of like an awkward, and it's, a lot of it was they were uncomfortable with themselves. Right. I've learned, and I was in a good state. Mm-hmm. And and it was still going to the point where I finally was able, it all worked out. It was like a dream come true um, to me. And I think because of that, it's like, oh, you know, this is the person who, you know, I'm, I'm going to marry the person who's going to be my first kiss. You know, I've had all this... That was a whole other thing with the Christian church. I feel like we're running out of time, but like even kissing in itself, like I was like, oh my gosh, if I kiss somebody, is it a sin? Like even on the stage, and am I am I gonna fall for somebody if I kiss them? And I was forced to do my first stage uh, first stage kiss my senior year in college, and it was the off. It was luckily it was a good friend. It was like the most awkward thing. Like my mouth was completely closed and just like a peck. It's like Caleb, that is. Awful. My first kiss and was after a date to Sonic, which we just talked about earlier, <laughs> oh, so it's not that bad. Yeah. With Nate, not the Nate that was on the podcast. I suddenly was like, oh my but gosh. I was so scandalized. Well, I almost flew in from where he grew up in Oregon to like, <laughs> different Nate. Just different Nate. But yeah, just dealing with that is like, you know, that's never talked about. And the same thing, like, uh, I, I consider the same thing with alcohol growing up. It's like, you know, alcohol is completely a sin. And again, it depends on what you believe, but right. I always had this overlying fear of, if I take a sip, I'm going to lose consciousness. I'm going to act like in the movies. For a while, I thought alcohol was hallucinogen, just like in oh, a Dumbo, wow. you know, pink elephants. You know, yeah. he imagines like, I thought like, you're going to see oh, stuff well, if you drink right. alcohol. You've come a long way. Poor yeah. And so it was in, it was in college where I had my first stage kiss, which didn't. And I was like, this, I'm, I had this fear of it. And it's like, I, I over analyze this yeah. this simple thing mm-hmm. same thing with when i had my first cider i love cider by the way cider is but because i hate beer that oh <laughs> uh, well, well, I'll, I'll get some more oh, look at this uh, post-nation uh, uh, no, i was like oh gosh i'm thinking i'll bring some 
Yeah, but, but Laura, all the breweries are closed right now. It's so hard for me to get hands on cider. Um, but it's the same thing. It's like I had this this fear of yeah. of drinking alcohol, and then I had a sip, and it's like, oh, it's not as bad as <laughs> everyone made it out to be. I know. <laughs> and so a lot of that happened with dating too. It's like I had this huge fear, yeah. and and my fear right now that I'm going through is. I let the person of my dreams go. Right. I've realized that, you know, I I feel like she was good for me. It may have not been in the future, but I know right now mm-hmm. I am not what she was looking for. And there's a lot of growing on both of our minds right. and we wish the best of luck to each other yeah. right. um, moving amazing. forward. Oh, she's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and so, but I mean, it's just, that's what happens. You feel like you've met the one and, and then it all is lost. And it's like, I've, what else do I have to live for? And mm-hmm. it's like, that's my first problem. Yeah. I'm living for a relationship. Exactly. I should be able to be comfortable not dating anyone for the rest of my life. And that's a very hard thought for me to comprehend mm-hmm. right now. Same thing with work. It's like, I should be comfortable working a job that I hate for the rest of my life. <laughs> but I don't. I'm, I'm afraid to go back to searching for work because I had such a wonderful job before. Uh, yeah. But circumstances come and you have to downsize because of the because of what happened. And, and it's better I'm out now than out a year from now. When, and so... It's a learning process. And so mm-hmm. that's my journey right now is learning and having to be guidance from people who've been in that situation. I'm glad that I've haven't given up too much in my mm-hmm. mind or given up stuff fully or of boundaries were still set. But you know, you feel like you've given up, up a lot and I think that's what happens with a heartbreak. Yeah. I also think that sometimes in um in a like growing up in a Christian home, so many things can be put up on a pedestal as like sacred. And so then it, it, then all of this like pressure grows around it. Like you're saying like your first kiss or like if it was handholding or like my first relationship, I better marry that person or like like all this stuff. Then, and it's, it, you put so much pressure on that and it, it happens so often happened with me constantly. I would constantly like daydream about like my husband and our wedding and like our children and all this stuff. And I was like, (laughs) I have none of that right now. And I I had to learn when I was in like my twenties that I had to be okay with not ever having that. What's most important in my life is Christ and it needs to stay that and it needs to be that. Mm -hmm. And if it's not that and I lose everything else, I'm going to crumble. I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to live. So it's like, if I, God is a constant, he's the one constant. And since, I mean, I'm 31 now, still, still don't have any of that, but I'm fine. And I've gotten to a point where I'm like, you know what? I am very okay with where I'm at. And I've, this in COVID have experienced more joy than I ever have in my life. And there's still been trials. I haven't been like scot free and just like running through daisies, but with a face mask with a face face mask (laughs) Uh, but but this I have never been happier just because I know that I have Christ and he is my foundation and I mean it's a constant choice every day right I love that Laura and it connects so well to Caleb what you're talking about thank you first of all for being so vulnerable I think this has been one of our most Mm -hmm. vulnerable episodes and it takes so much strength to be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. I think it helps so many people I think so many people are going to listen to this and be able to relate to it and just come alongside them and wherever Mm -hmm. they're at so thank you first of all and second of all we were talking about this idea where during this time God has grown us so much we've talked about it so Mm -hmm. many times but that idea recently came to us that we're so happy during this time and what I think is neat 
is that verse where Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. And I love that verse for whenever things are hard, um, whenever you feel like everything has kind of been taken away, you've speak, spoken to these things that have been taken away and this feeling just this low. And that is something that is always the most beautiful reminder to me, that verse, because it kind of takes whatever's happening mm-hmm. and flips it on its head. And it's kind of, I feel like a ha-ha to the enemy where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, all this happened, but actually now I'm my strongest because I'm relying on Christ mm-hmm. because there's nothing else I can do in my yeah, control. Exactly. All of these things. And I think as a three on the Enneagram, I'm always like, what can I be doing? And I, and COVID has been amazing for me. Yeah. Cause I'm like, there's literally not much I can do yeah. against a pandemic here. That's like true. what can I do? And yeah. I, have to rely on God. It's almost easier for me to rely on mm-hmm. God. So it's been amazing. What's my Enneagram, whatever it's called again? What was me again? I wanted to always say you're a two. I'm a two? You're definitely. He is such yeah. a classic helper in the sense of Caleb is just a yeah. joy to have as a friend. He's such a blessing. Literally yeah. before this, he helped move a couch Ugh. for me. It was nothing. <laughs> and he's strong. Did we mention he's single? But yeah. Oh, yeah, he's single. But, um... You would, you would, like... You would just, like, stop doing anything just to help anybody else. You are a helper. That's 100%. Yeah. We always end episodes with the Enneagram, and then recently we did Harry Potter. Do you know Harry Potter? Listen, guys? Harry Potter's of the devil. It's yeah. poisoning the mind of our youth. <laughs> this, is, like, this, is also, this is also how I was, not necessarily raised by my family, but, you know, I was technically not allowed to watch Harry Potter growing up, so yeah. whenever somebody mentions that, I always have to troll. You can be a so Hufflepuff funny. with me. You oh be Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff like, tough. Aren't they like the laughing stock of the I mean, no, we're by the kitchens in the dormitories. So, so who's laughing now? So who do you who do you relate with the most in Lord of the Rings? Oh, that's oh. Christian. That's Christian right there. It might as well be the cat the knows my answer. Samwise. No, Gollum. <laughs> Stop. He does Gollum really well. Can you? Help me? Can you? Oh. Oh. With um. Should I? Should I get? But it's like... really Samwise. Oh, right? I've never. Like, should we save it until I tell you something that I know, or just sorry that I want oh, you to yeah. know? Because I've asked my Wait. question. Oh, yes. Is there? Yeah. Is there a you question? Is and I'll finish out with Gollum. Is there a Wait. question that you want to ask me, or is it something that I wish? That, yes, you wish that single women would know about church dating. And again, not speaking to specifically your past relationship, but just in general from what you've seen in church dating. One thing uh, with church dating, um, something that we were just talking about, um, I know I was coming over here, is that uh, the the communication and the love languages. Something new in my uh, that I've been learning. Um, you're always trying to find a person who has the same, it, it's where, you know, you, sometimes you say you want to date someone who has the opposite personality of you. Mm-hmm. I've done that. I've dated an, a, uh, introvert that was almost too much, she was too much of an introvert that there was some other underlying issues. But mm-hmm. can you imagine me dating somebody who was afraid of actually being out in public with people? Oh. Probably not. But it's like, oh, yeah, I want to date somebody who's different than me. I've heard that, you know, opposites attract. And then... Then you date somebody who is the exact, you feel like it's the exact same mindset, the exact same personality as you. And that, mm-hmm. that doesn't work out as well. And, and so I guess my encouragement is that I feel like in the church, there's a lot people think they know dating. I felt like, I, I don't feel like I have never thought I knew dating because I was fairly new to it all. But I think there's a lot of people who think they know dating and they're single. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have these expectations but your your whole view on life completely changes once you start actually dating or, or actually in a committed relationship. And there's a lot of stuff I'm going to take from this and I'm going to take another thing. Same thing with like what we talked earlier about, oh, there's just not that many good bachelors in our in our church. I'm like, well, I can name like five yeah, right now. we got a house full of them, yeah. Yeah, we got a house full of them. 
Well, save one. He's getting married now. This uh, congratulations Ross. to Ross and Michelle. But uh, but yeah, it's like you know. But it really depends on. I feel like a lot of people are way too picky and also afraid because you are friends with these people and you're afraid. And my fear was yeah. having a there's going to be drama if something doesn't work out right. or if there's a break get breakup that happens and. One thing that I that that was a fear in, in my previous relationship because we were very much with friends from mm-hmm. our church and uh, one thing that happens when we we're when I was courting her or wooing her I guess you can say before before I professed my feelings toward her is that I could handle my previous I guess romance opportunities as in me having a crush on somebody telling them how I feel and being denied is I could be timid and shy and be scared of them and not wanting to hurt. Feelings are coming across as weird, and so I just completely distance myself from them, which makes it even more awkward. Mm-hmm. Instead, you can say, you know, this is a good person overall, and if this doesn't work out, I should be okay still being friends or acquaintances with them. Yeah. And so that's what I still have right now. I believe that that's where it is. I mean, we haven't seen each other one-on-one yet, but we've texted briefly. But I feel that you should start off dating getting to know the person and not jump straight into the romantic side because i've done that you have your dating persona and you have your (laughs) normal self and so it's good to not have that dating persona out be yourself be yourself be 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 around that community as well and again have your friends give you advice because they know who is a good fit for you and from my experiences i'm going to be listening to that i may say i never see myself with them but there's been multiple times throughout as times pass, like, yeah, that may have been a good person just to see going out on a simple date, not anything going further than that, but yeah. just to see. Yeah. And people need to be comfortable with denying somebody. And that's coming from me, who was not comfortable being denied, is that I need to be okay saying, this is going to be a friendship, and I'm going to treat them the exact same right. how I've treated them before. And it's part of life. Yeah. I literally, I think I've said this in one of our earlier episodes, but I read this book by a British author, and I will never forget it. She's like, sometimes you're the lamppost, and (laughs) sometimes you're the dog. (laughs) And that's life. Sometimes you're getting peed on, and sometimes you're peeing. It's a very crude way (laughs) to say that sometimes you have the feelings, and sometimes they do, and that's just part of life. You know, everyone's gone through rejection or rejecting. Yeah, but even just, like, having that thought and passing that along, that's just maturity in general because I feel like a lot of people, when looking for someone to date, especially in the church, when it's such a close, tight-knit group and everybody, like, knows everybody, it's just, it's this weird thing. Well, if he doesn't like me, then I I won't ever talk to him again. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, that's just immaturity. The fact that you're passing that on and have learned that, that's fantastic. And I think even Jonas has <laughs> did this uh, as well. But, like, I don't know if your other friends have done it. It's like, mm-hmm. even if you're just hanging out with somebody one-on-one, you spend a lot of time together. Yeah. You know, it's good to every now, like, check in and be like, yeah. are we good? Like, we're just friends, right? Or if there's somebody, you know, it's, it's always good. To, it's yeah. just good to, it's just good to check in. Or, like, um, where are your feelings at? Yeah. Because sometimes, like, you could be super close with a friend and not have feelings with, for them. But then something comes up. And, like, sharing that or, like, having that conversation and addressing that and being like, hey, we still... We still Gucci? Yeah. Have things changed on your end? I'm still your friend. Mm-hmm. Or, you know... <laughs> it's good to have that conversation as well as, but not, as, like, also, also just assuming like from the assuming other Like, assuming they're, like, in love so with if you. So, like, if you are... Well, that's <laughs> why I, I talked like to... I talked to somebody last year about babies. it. <laughs> 
Well, I, 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 like me. I had, a, I had a friend talk to me about it. I was like, I feel like there's a, like a girl that kind of likes me, but I don't like her. Should I like talk? I was like, don't, oh, don't, no. don't tell that. But like, yeah. but like, but if you have feelings, that should be her thing to approach above. Yeah. Like if I have feelings, like I should be the one to make that, that initiative, mm-hmm. make that approach yeah. um, for that. So taking it, because I feel a lot of it, it's like, it's always up to the guy. The guys, we, we talked about this when we went on our trip to Big Bear with, with that, with that Jess. What a trip. <laughs> oh gosh, and it. Jonas, but it's like, <laughs> gosh, that trip. Caleb, be, <laughs> what happens great, in Big Bear stays in Big no, Bear. Yes, be honestly, good, be good. I don't know anything trip. that happened in Big Bear. It was, it was, I wasn't a, there. It was just a good... Uh, friendship bonding that happened. It, it was really a spectacular. Was. <laughs> that sounded so scandalous. But one thing that we talked about is like guys like to be treated. I I would love. I spend a lot of time. I I'm a planner, so I love planning elaborate dates. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to get to a point where I I like to be taken. Out. I like the equality. Yes. I like to be taken out half the time. I don't like. I I I feel appreciated if mm-hmm. I do it. And because if I do it all the time, then if then if it's something minor. It comes across as like, oh, I'm, it's not, it's not as good as your date. So I'm like, no, I'm fine with, with whatever. So I, you know, guys yeah. like to be treated to. Yeah. We always say that girls can take initiative as well, and so yeah. Well, I will say one thing that happened to Big Bear was you did your golem impression, well, and that. I think you need to wrap well, us with this impression. Oh, yeah. So I'll I'll do one that we were planning on filming one of these days due due to quarantine where yeah. I've been stuck in a house yeah. and Ross gets a leash is like Caleb you have to get outside That's scene, Caleb. and early on two towers oh yeah should I get on the ground and crawl yeah, as well or, yeah. no I love it. no <laughs> we're so serious so basically it's me crawling on the ground and we go outside and Ross is like come on Caleb you got to get some fresh air I was like no Lord Bansos Bansos the Lord Bansos take it off us Caleb Caleb. It's so good! It's so good! It's so good! Caleb! Sneakers!